Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse, and Phil Tyler is here to join us as our guest, Sober Liberty, uh, for another holiday-themed episode. Phil is the founder and creator of Against the Odds Ministries, a digital recovery platform and group. And thanks for joining us on the Sober Podcast, Phil. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, grateful and we were going to... Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Um, and we were, uh, you know, since it's uh, December and the holidays, and that can be, it's always a tricky time for anybody, um, uh, but especially for those trying to stay sober and um, uh, just listening to or reading about some of your story, we we thought we'd kind of focus on how I give back during the during the holidays. But we'll we'll get to that um, in our conversation. But tell us our, uh, a little about your journey in sobriety and how long you've been sober. Uh, so my sobriety date is October 15th of 2010. I sobered up in a prison cell. Uh, and, and that's kind of, you know, I, I struggled with uh, alcoholism, meth addiction that I, I couldn't control uh-huh. my drinking. So I started to use uppers and stuff like that. And then what happened was the uppers took control of my life. And then I ended up doing, you know, three stints in prison. I went to six different treatment centers. Uh, I've been to jail over 50 times. Wow. Um, I just lived in a dark world and I ended up identifying in that world and, and joining a prison gang and, and taking on this like mentality of this is this is my life, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and what happened was I blacked out drunk in a prison in in and in, in prison, and I went to segregation and I cried out to God to to save my life. And 
what happened was I didn't stay sober from that point, but God's hand started working in my life and doors were opened and I was let out of segregation early. I went to treatment in there. And that's when I had like this, this thought or this, this epiphany right inside, inside of my gut that said, you're securing a spot for you to come back to a place you don't like everything that you're doing is securing that spot. So what happened was in there, I just was like, you know what? I surrendered. I felt that I was hopeless. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the slogan of Against the Odds Ministries is hope to the hopeless, right? Because I felt like I was hopeless, man. Um, I felt like I felt like uh, you know, joining the prison gang and 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 in my life, I mean, I mean, I felt that that's where I was gonna be the rest of my life. So I might as well and nothing would change, right? And nothing was gonna change. And, and that, that was, I was, I started to accept my hopelessness. And then what happened was I had people coming in, people, volunteers coming into the prison and they would tell their stories. And I seen a guy and I'm like, you know what? I ain't no different than him. I can do this too. And I, I, I started to take suggestion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just a quick, uh, what I want to want you to continue on with your story, but a quick interruption, which I love that you said are, is that you started to accept your hopelessness, which I've never heard it described that way, but I was that way too. And I think a lot of alcoholics and addicts were that way where we we get to that point where like we accept that this is it and this is our life, even though we don't like it anymore and it's no longer working for us, but we accept that this is it. There's nothing more you can do. And Uh, then we can use it as an excuse to keep doing it. Yeah, that's what I did. So, Uh, you know, I mean, this program is about our being sober is about a big part of it is about acceptance, but it's true, though, that back in the, you know, on the other side, we did come to a, a bleak form of acceptance. Um, mm. But anyway, so um, you had this kind of you had your white light or your moment of grace. Yeah. And, and, and you I started just, listening. And I just, you know, I felt like I, I was like, hey, this is my third time in here. I don't know how to stay out of here. I don't even know how to stay out of the segregation unit. <laughs> in the prison, I'm still doing the same things that got me in here. In here, uh-huh. I was like, I need help. So and I was a like, segregation unit. I assume that's for bad behavior. And then you're yep. That's like that's solitary? called the hole. Is it solitary? Yeah, solitary. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Same thing as solitary. So I was ended up in there all the time, and you know, I that was where that blackout brought me. And then, um, I just surrendered to that program, and I I just said, you know what, I'm gonna start. My hopelessness, my desperate, it was the gift of desperation, mm-hmm. right? I was so desperate to stay right. out of prison and to, to not go back that I was willing to listen to whatever, whatever they told me back there. And that's what I did. And then when I got out, I listened to the, I went to a halfway house. And then when I went to that halfway house, I surrendered to that program too. Um, and I listened to what they had to say. One of the, the, the suggestions that they had was for me to go and cause I needed more than that for me not to go back to my old spots. And, and so I listened to that and I surrendered and I continue to surrender and I still continue to surrender today. And that's what people got to realize. Like we got, we have to surrender. And, and that's one of the things that we don't do well when we're in addiction is surrendering to other outside things that, that, that are, that are there to help us though. Right. Like I always figured I could do it my own way. I always, oh yeah, I could, I could still drink though, but I just can't smoke meth. <laughs> I would drink, I would go smoke meth. Right, I mean, right. That's just what it completely was. Completely surrendered. Yeah, I had that was that was my story too. And I had, um, I had, you know, it took a lot of a lot of years and relapses before I surrendered. 
Um, and I'm so glad you did. So uh, tell us a little bit about Against the Odds Ministries, um, how they help and support others. And, and if you do anything special for the holidays to give back. Oh, yeah. So Against the Odds Ministries. So in 2020, 2020, the pandemic. Pandemic, hit. yes. Yep, the pandemic hit. And I believe I had 10 years of recovery going into that, right? And I I I I started and it wasn't I wasn't waiting on <laughs> my 10 years <laughs> uh, to do this, but the pandemic hit. And what happened was I, I I created a video and I did some stuff on Facebook and I created a page called Against the Odds to share my video on it and to kind of promote it. And what I and I did that, and what happened was the page lit off. And then I started to make posts and then I started to go live, right? And then what happened was people started to come on and ter- tell their story with me on a Saturday night. Then I would bring people on and I called it a Saturday night live. And this was during COVID. And I and and it was actually helping people because they couldn't oh, yeah. get to a meeting. They couldn't get to their support groups. And I had people reach out to me like, hey, are you going live this Saturday? And if I wasn't, they were bummed out. And there was people that actually testified back to me saying, hey, I want you to know I was going through a divorce with my husband. He was downstairs at the bar with all his friends, and I was up there watching your lives. Your lives helped me stay sober. And it wasn't me. It was it was it was it was me and someone else. It was just I look at it as it's God's will. Like right. when we follow God's will and we get out of ourselves and we do stuff for other people. So that's kind of how the minute the page started. And then I had some people come on and they were like, you need to you need to launch a nonprofit. You need you need to you need to you need to incorporate this. And, and, and so so you can you can do this and you need to get a website. So we did that. I did that. I took the suggestions of others and we got a uh, We got a board. We mm-hmm. launched a 501c3 here in Minnesota, and uh, we give back by what I do in the mornings is I go live and I do like a a, a little devotional with the daily bread, a little uh, devotional, and I, I give out Life Recovery Bibles, which is a Bible with the 12 steps right in it, and, uh-huh. and, and I've become a courier to do that, so I ship them to people's door for free. If they can't afford a Bible, they can get one from me for free, and then, you know, we give back that way. We give back by creating content, right? Posting yeah. uplifting content instead of negativity, uh, supporting other ministries and other pages that are that are sharing hope out there in a dark world. Because we, I mean, I was seeing so much negativity on Facebook during COVID and the elections. I mean, it was the political divide was crazy. All you heard was bad mouth and this and bad mouth that. Right, and I was right. like, you know what? I'm going to be positive on here. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not going to start talking about that. I'm not and and that's what I did and that's what we continue to do and the 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 motto is hope to the hopeless. And I'm not saying that people are actually hopeless. I'm saying that I felt hopeless at one point and you right, agree sure. too. You did too. Absolutely. And and we get that hope and 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 what it was is it it's it's to to get the spark because someone needs to hear something some days. Someday someone needs to see something that you just never know. They're scrolling on Facebook. And if they they hit a meme that says, you know what? God loves you. You know what? There's a plan for your life. You know what? Mm-hmm. Recovery is possible. Or they see a testimony and they're like, you know what? I was going to do this to myself today. I was going to do. And, 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 and what that does is it changes the perspective and it can ignite a, sp- a spark in someone so they could go after their own recovery. Like we can't save nobody. 
You know what I mean? Right. But we you, can we can instill the hope. We can instill, we can promote the hope, right? And we can we can share our stories. And what it does is it 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 will it will connect them to God so they they can have that relationship and they can seek out their recovery and their relationship with God. I love it. Ignite a spark, as you say. Hold on just a minute. Um, we're going to, uh, this is a great time to stop and say thanks to our sponsor, Stephanie Weiss. Uh, she's a certified health and recovery coach based locally in Connecticut and offering virtual services nationwide. If you would like more information, please reach out to info at sobernetwork.com. That's I-N-F-O at S-O-B-E-R. N-E-T-W-O-R-K dot com. Now back to Phil Tyler. Um, I love what um what you just told us about Against the Odds Ministries and how it how it uh was born and and came alive and how you're igniting that spark of sobriety or recovery in people. Um staying in theme with the holidays. Many learn, uh, as it sounds like you have in a big way, um, uh, we, we learn in recovery to give back what has so freely been given to us. Do you do anything specific to give back to others in your personal life um, or with your online yeah. platform and anything specific during the holidays? Yeah, it's not only about sharing hope on the page, right, uh, and, and shipping out Bibles. Um, sometimes I have people that, you know, I'll see a post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be scrolling and 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 someone will be hurting or something will happen and and they're needing like a tire for their car, for example. Um, and and what what I'll do is I'll reach out to that person and and I'll bless them if I can. I'll, I'll try to pay for their tire. Uh, and I don't. And and a lot of the times that I do things, I do things when people don't ask so much, right? Like I do it out of when I feel led to do it, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you know people don't ask me and I don't do things. Right. Because sometimes people ask me like one time, um, there was a, a lady who couldn't afford, uh, presents for her, her, her kids. Yeah. And she was local you mean for Christmas or for, for Christmas. Yep. Yeah. For Christmas. Yep. So, so for Christmas, she couldn't afford presents for her kids for Christmas. And so we bought them. We asked her what they needed. Right. And me and my wife went out to Target and we bought socks, underwear, uh, the things that she needed. For yeah. her kids. And we dropped them off. And, and you know, we I didn't promote it. I don't promote it or nothing. I just drop it off and leave it at that. And then we also uh, during the holiday season, there's a recovery, uh, a women's recovery and a, a kind of a, a women's recovery center in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they allow their children to live with them while they're in while they're in treatment, while they're going through this ministry, while they're going through this program. And what we do is we adopt a family or two because sometimes there's the, their sponsors of that ministry will adopt. But then someone will reach out to me and say, hey, we got we got three families or three three mothers that need adoption. And me and my wife will, you know, we'll go and buy them presents, too. Um, also, yeah. what we did, we had a Christmas concert, a local ministry called Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Yeah. Um, I think Teen Challenge was started in New York, but I'm not sure. But uh, it's a it's a I'm not a, sure either. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a local treatment center and it's uh faith based and they have long term recovery and uh-huh. they had a Christmas concert. So what I did was I bought a, a bulk a bulk bu- bunch of tickets and I, I took I took people from the group and from the page that were local to the Minnesota area and, and they didn't have to pay to go to this concert. Because another thing I, I, I like to give back in, in ways that that 
encourage fun, right? Yeah. In recovery, encourage, encourage going to concert. Cause we all used to go to concert and get lit. You right. know what I mean? And do <laughs> negative stuff. Right. So, so, yeah. you know, like when a, when a, when a, when a, when a, when a, when a Christian uh, hip hop artist is coming around, I'll get some tickets. I'll, I'll get a, I'll, I'll try to sponsor the event and get a bunch of people to go and do things like that. Uh, but, but I love you know, that. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I try to give, um, always, um, uh, donate a toy, um, uh, at least in, um, you know, there's some through the U S post office. I, um, sometimes they have dear Santa letters, uh, underprivileged kids and you can, mm. or they have specific, you know, uh, Santa wish lists that, and you can fulfill. So I've, I've done that before. And then my, my sober date is this month It's December 29th. And, you know, and I used to, I, I had the, as long hangover of still wanting to have parties. Um, and I mean, I still like parties. I don't think there's anything wrong with parties, but you know, to have a, a celebration like that. And, but December 29th is it's between Christmas and new year's. And a lot of people aren't around or they're, you know, it's, they're busy. And, and, um, and I remember I had one and I wanted to have a celebration and, and it, it, people couldn't come and it wasn't, it was, it was disappointing. And this woman, and I shared about it, and this woman in the meeting said, you know what I always do on my sober anniversary is I do service in a, you know, in the program and give mm -hmm. back. And so that's what I do now. So I answer phones um, on that day. Wow. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, and it feels good. It feels good to, it always feels good to give back. We ask this of all our guests. Um, what is the most difficult struggle you've been through uh, since you've been sober in sobriety and how did you, how did you get through it? How did you overcome it? Um, I think at first, you know, at first, right when I got out, uh, cutting people out of my life that, that weren't walking the same path, blocking people on Facebook, um, saying no to going to meet women when I shouldn't go meet women. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Like, like I could sneak around and do sneaky stuff. Like having yeah. integrity was really tough for me doing the right thing uh, because no one was looking, doing the right thing because it was the right thing to do. Not because I could get away with it was, right. was huge. And uh, as soon as I developed that, but during, you know, during my recovery, uh, one of the hardest things that I went through and I didn't really think about using or anything like that, but I lost both my parents. Um, I lost my dad suddenly. He he was diagnosed with cancer yeah. uh, in, in May. And then he would, he passed away in July of 2018. Uh -huh. This year, me and my mother didn't have a very good relationship. Um, and she had mental health issues and also had some, some, some kind of alcohol, you know, she, she was definitely drinking alcohol all the time. I don't want to call her what, you right. know, it is what it is. Right. But she passed away too. And both my parents passed away in their sixties. My mom was 61 and my dad was 60. Oh, that's young. That's really yeah. Young. And, but I got to be with them and, and hold their hands and, and, and be with them on their last days and not be locked up in prison. So I, I count my blessings, but it was a hard time. I was, there was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of pain. I remember after my dad died, I'd wake up every, every, in the middle of the night and I would just kind of weep and cry. And yeah. I was a tough, I'm a tough guy, right? <laughs> That's what I always thought. Right. And, and what, it, what it was, was um, just going through that kind of stuff. And I, I, I can't figure out how to turn that off. <laughs> can you hear it? <laughs> uh, it's okay. We can live. Yeah. I wish these people would stop messaging me. It's Facebook. I just, I don't, it's. But anyway, go on. But how did you, so you, the, you described two tough things are, which was the, the deaths of, of death. your parents and you were there for them. And then also just, uh, 
being a person of integrity and doing the next right thing. But how did you get, how did you become that person of integrity and how did you like do the next right thing? And then how did you get through those, um, the death so, parents? Uh, the treatment center I was a part of taught me uh, the integrity part um, mm -hmm. and becoming a person of integrity took practice. It took, it takes courage to do the right thing when you're so used to doing the wrong thing all the time. Right. All the and the wrong thing seems so, so much easier, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially, I mean, nowadays, you know, yeah. after 12 years, the wrong thing to do going out and doing something wrong might be harder for me. Um, but then it was easy. Yeah. It was real easy for me to be slick and sly. Um, I developed integrity by other people holding me accountable and me holding myself mm -hmm. accountable. And, and that was, you know, in a group setting, in a treatment setting. And, and I carried that integrity out to this, out to the real world from that treatment center. And then, you know, I was faced with, uh, meeting up with someone and something in my, my heart told me, don't do it. Like, yeah. don't do it. You're going to move backwards if you do it. And that was like the hardest thing I ever did was call that person and say, I can't meet up with you. And now getting through with my dad and them, I, I relied on God um, with my dad, with my mom. Um, I prayed. Uh, I, I have a relationship with God and I, and I and I counted my blessings like like I could be like, what if and what uh, what right. what's this all about? But instead, I was grateful that I wasn't drunk. I was grateful that I wasn't strung out. I was grateful yeah. that I wasn't in prison. I was grateful that God had allowed me the, instead of being mad at God, I was grateful that, that I was allowed the opportunity to be there because my parents were there when I took my first breaths and I got to be there with my parents when they took their last. And it was, a it's, it's, it's painfully beautiful yeah. at the same time, <laughs> right? It was, it was very powerful. Me. It was like, it was like a, another spiritual awakening, another epiphany, like, oh man, like, like I'm blessed to be able to do this, but yes, it was tough. Yeah. It was tough. And I stayed connected to my, to my family, my recovery community. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost the obsession to drink and use, uh, by working the steps. Right. Um, Sounds like you did all those things through being held accountable, gratitude, um, and staying connected is what yep. I heard in that. And those are three beautiful things. Bill, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. And how can our listeners get in touch with you and um, with uh, Against the Odds Ministries? You can get in touch with me uh, through the Facebook page or through the website. The yeah. Facebook page is at ATO Ministries. That's that's the, the at sign in ATO Ministries. It's yeah. Against the Odds Ministries on Facebook. Yeah. And the website is ATO Ministries as well. So atoministries.org is the website. You can get to me on the website. You can get to me on the social media platforms. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and even on TikTok, even though I'm not good at that. All right. Well, fabulous. Um, well, I am on TikTok, but um, uh, to all our listeners, thank you for your continued support. Visit us on www.soberpodcast.com and all places that you find major podcasts. Leave us a review, sign up for our mailing list. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse. You can find me on TikTok um, and Instagram and Facebook and all that. I tell a true story in high heels every day. And um, I'm the author of Dangerous and Wet, a memoir of booze, sex, and my mother, which you can find on Amazon.com. And it makes a great holiday gift, um, ebook, audiobook narrated by me. 
Anyway, we are signing out from the Sober Podcast. Uh, tune in for another show next week. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. And thanks again, Phil Tyler, for being our guest. Thank you. All right. See y'all next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network. Network.